Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is David Walker, and today we're going to dive into the Falcons' precarious cap situation as they go into the 2021 season. We'll talk about where they stand, how many players they have under contract, Uh, some of their options for getting out of the cap hell they're currently in, and how we think this is going to play out. So let's start first with some background. The 2020 NFL cap was set at $198 million and some change. And right now, if you're a big fan of the the website overthecap.com, they're projecting a 2021 cap of $178 million. So this will be the first time in a very long time that NFL's uh, salary cap will drop uh, year to year. Obviously, COVID-19, uh, the fact that they did not have fans in stands for the majority of games would contribute to the uh, reduced revenue for the NFL. That said, this is based on just pure speculation about the, the revenue for the NFL, which will undoubtedly be down. And the, the idea that the NFL won't do anything to adjust the 2021 cap. Here's why I think that's not going to be the case. That 2021 number of $178 million, that is going to apply universally to every single NFL team, not just the Falcons. It is going to hurt... Uh, teams like the Saints, who are way over the cap by a large margin. They're number one by a long shot. But it's also going to hurt other teams. And in particular, it's going to hurt veteran players that have bigger contracts on the books. Uh, These are guys who are going to be cut en masse uh, if the NFL cuts the salary cap by $20 million year over year. What I think is going to be more likely is the NFL is going to put some sort of exception in place for 2021 whether that means they borrow against future cap years, uh, borrowing against the 2022 cap when they expect revenue to be back to normal, uh, or the 2022 and 2023 caps. So I I think what they're going to try to do is to try to keep the cap flat from 2020 to 2021. So I would be surprised if we see any kind of reduction in the salary cap going into 2021. So I think it's going to be around $198 maybe slightly less. Um, but I, I do not foresee them making uh, a dramatic drop to $178 million. How does that impact the Falcons? Well, right now, based on the estimate of um, $178 million, the Falcons would be over the salary cap by just under $25 million. Obviously, that is incredibly problematic. Likewise, that would mean that the team is... Uh, under contract with just 31 guys and having to make cuts or adjustments to get to the the top 51 that's uh, required in the 2021 season. Uh, So not a great position. Uh, They're not the only team that is impacted by this. Obviously, you know, they have a lot of top heavy contracts with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, 
But again, this is something that is common uh, across the league, and it's intended. The NFL wants teams to spend money on their players. They don't want teams to have extensive amounts of salary cap space year over year over year. In fact, they actually have penalties in place for teams that do not use a certain percentage of their salary cap from year to year because they don't want there to be this lopsided uh, pay scale gap between you know the, the least paying teams and the highest paying teams. So everything is going to gravitate more towards the middle. Now, the Falcons obviously are closer to the Saints than they are the Jaguars, um, but there are ways to get this salary cap situation at least rectified to some degree. 2021, don't let people fool you. 2021 is going to be tough for the Falcons where, where it comes to signing free agents. If you're hoping they're going to go out and grab a big pass rusher uh, or several big free agents, it, it just seems like it's very unlikely. They're going to have to do a lot of value shopping in 2021. Uh, so let's talk about some of the key guys that they currently have under contract uh, in 2021 and who they may keep just simply because the economics of it are going to make a ton of sense. So thankfully for the Falcons, they've got some young guys who uh, they will be able to bring back on relatively cheap contracts, guys who are uh, exclusive rights free agents. Uh, the biggest name on this list is kicker Young Way Koo. Uh, more than likely, they're going to exercise that uh, ERFA tender which will pay him about 850000 So again, sort of a bargain for one of the top kickers in the league. Another name who I think will end up on this list, tight end Jaden Graham, uh, who will also get the exclusive rights free agent tag. So they'll be able to keep him around for 850000 as well. Likewise, Jacob Tuyoti Mariner, the uh, defensive end who had a pretty decent season in a rotational role, uh, ERFA as well for him, 850000 Uh, Matt Gono is going to be the interesting case here. He is a restricted free agent, which means they have to put a a tender on him. So they have to designate him as a first-round tender, second-round tender, or original round, which would be as a free agent. More than likely, they would tag him as an original round, which would mean a contract of about $2.2 million. Um, If they put a second-round tender on them, it would mean for another team to sign him away they would have to uh, give the Falcons a second-round draft pick. So it is possible that they would offer him that second-round tender as well. However, if they do, instead of $2.2 million, it's more like $3.4 million. And uh, honestly, it, that is a tough decision. Now, a swing tackle is an incredibly important position in this league. Uh, the question is whether you think Matt Gono should be that guy. $3.4 million for a swing tackle is not unreasonable, But again, when you're the Falcons and you don't have a ton of cap space, that decision is going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, It it seems like original round tender, 2.2 million, uh, could make him subject to get snatched up by another team that simply would have to offer him more money. And I think there are teams in the league that will do that. So Matt Gonal is one to watch as a, a player that they could end up uh, letting walk or just, you know, not giving him enough money to be able to retain him. Uh, Two other players to keep an eye on, depending on what Arthur Smith wants to do at the wide receiver position. Uh, Wide receiver Christian Blake is also an exclusive rights free agent, so they could keep him around for $850,000. Restricted free agent Brandon Powell. So same situation with Matt Gono. Seems like they're probably going to let Powell walk because, uh, you know, he was a guy who was at best wide receiver six on the roster. Uh, they're probably going to look in a different direction, especially if Alameda Zacchaeus returns this year. Uh, you would think that Powell's spot on the roster is going to be less secure. 
as far as some of the big names for the Falcons, these are guys that are currently not under contract. They are not the 31 that the Falcons will have for the 2021 season. Uh, two big names on this list. Number one, Alex Mack. Uh, starting center who didn't finish the last few games. Most people expect him to retire. I think that's probably the most likely. It just seems unlikely the Falcons are going to bring back a 36-year-old center. This reminds me a lot of Todd McClure. We better hope Matt Hennessy is ready to take over at center starting in 2021. Uh, it just doesn't seem likely that Mac will be back. Second big name, and this is the one that's going to be incredibly interesting to watch, is Keanu Neal. Uh, Keanu obviously had a bounce-back season. He looked much better in 2020 compared to the previous two years You know, that ended with injuries. It was good to see him back. He is a free agent. The Falcons did not exercise the fifth-year option on Neal. This feels like a situation where they could potentially bring him back on a one-year prove-it deal, uh, but there's probably going to be interest for him, especially if you look at Dan Quinn now being the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. That could be a landing spot for Neal since they have a long history going back to his days in Florida. Uh, if the Falcons don't keep Neal... This could make the safety position a priority in the draft. They're going to be without, um, right now, Devontae KZ, who is also a free agent. Uh, so the question is, you know, are they going to also uh, try to keep him after you know, suffering the Achilles tear that ended his 2020 season? Uh, and then, of course, what happens with Ricardo Allen in the last year of his deal? Uh, and we're going to talk about him in a second as we talk about players that could be on the chopping block. Um, so Keanu Neal is really the big name to pay attention here uh, because uh, can they keep him? Do they want to commit to a long-term contract with his uh, the injury history that he's had? Uh, so definitely a big name to pay attention to there. There are ways to keep him, but it would require them signing him to a four- or five-year deal. And I'm just not sure that the team wants to do that with the injury history he has. Finally, two last names that are set to be free agents that the Falcons may look to keep. Were, you know, I would say they're 50-50. Uh, cornerback Darquez Denard uh, is a free agent, and running back Brian Hill is a free agent. Uh, it seems unlikely that Hill will be brought back. Uh, he just, I don't think, made enough of an impact to justify any substantial contract to. If he's willing to come back on a relatively inexpensive deal, we could see that working, but otherwise expect him to walk. Denard is a little bit more of a wild card. If they can bring him in for relatively cheap like they did this year, he may be worth keeping on uh, simply because the cornerback depth on this team right now is, is not good. Uh, when you look at A.J. Terrell, uh, Kendall Sheffield, Isaiah Oliver, uh, there are some definite question marks there. So Denard may be another guy they try to bring back on a relatively inexpensive deal. All right, let's talk about some of the cuts that the Falcons may have to consider and that I think they will end up having to execute on uh, in order to get under the cap. The first name at the top of the list is, unfortunately, one of my favorite players, but someone whose performance this year is going to make it hard to keep him around into 2021. That is free safety Ricardo Allen. Um, cutting him will save over $6 million on the salary cap. So, unfortunately for Ricardo, unless the, the team, you know, the next coaching staff is really, really sold on him continuing to be the guy at free safety. And that could be the case. They can save some money off the cap by renegotiating a new contract uh, and pushing the, the cap hits down the road. I'm not going to completely rule that out. But right now, as it stands, Ricardo Allen is probably going to be cut to save $6 million off the cap. 
Uh, I hate to see it, but it's hard to justify uh, the salary and, and his impact uh, on the cap based on the performance from 2020. The next name on the list, this one seems more likely to me than some of the others uh, simply because he's an aging veteran and uh, he does not fit well into a run-heavy uh, wide zone scheme, uh, which is what Arthur Smith is going to try to employ here in Atlanta, and that's uh, offensive guard James Carpenter. Cutting him outright will save about $4 million off the cap. If they do it as a post-June 1st cut, uh, they'll save about $5.25 million, so they'll save a little bit more. Uh, for those who are not aware, a post-June 1st cut simply allows the team to uh, take the dead money hit from the player and spread it across two seasons. So he would count towards dead money in both 2020 and 2021 instead of just in 2020. Uh, that allows them to save more cap space up front, but you have more dead money into the future. Uh, another player who it seems like it's likely they're going to let him move on just because the performance is not going to justify the contract is defensive end Alan Bailey. Cutting him will save about $4.5 million. Again, that seems like a likely move. Um, defensive tackle Tyler Davidson, who is obviously you know, not a, a, a three-down defensive tackle, but he played well for what he was asked to do. Uh, cutting him will save $2.2 million. Uh, moving that to a post-June 1st cut makes it a $3.4 million savings on the cap. The last name that's going to be really interesting to pay attention to, massive disappointment in 2020, defensive end Dante Fowler. Cutting him saves just $3.3 million. However, making that a post-June 1st cut will save $8 million off of the 2021 cap, and that could be too much to pass up. Now, obviously... That will make the Falcons' defensive end position incredibly thin. Uh, it's something they're going to have to address in free agency and in the draft. It's possible they try to keep Dante Fowler around simply because they just don't have enough guys at defensive end. Something to pay attention to, though, is who they bring in as defensive coordinator. It's possible they may use this opportunity of getting rid of these traditional 4-3 defensive ends and move towards a 3-4, especially if you bring in a guy like Dean Pease. If the Falcons choose to go to a 3-4, they may not be as concerned about those guys up front uh, and may focus more on finding pass rushers, you know, obviously at the outside linebacker position. So that's, that's going to influence, I think, what happens with Dante Fowler. He is, I think, a 50-50 shot for staying on the roster. Uh, it's going to come down to what this next coaching staff really thinks he can do. Um, there are some other cuts the Falcons can make, but these are the biggest names, the biggest amount of money that they can save. Um, there is another method, however, for the Falcons to recover some salary cap room. And we're going to talk about that before we do that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. We're breaking down the Falcons' 2021 salary cap situation and what they may need to do. Uh, in the first half, we've talked about the guys currently under contract, guys that can keep for relatively cheap. And some of the players that the the team just simply may have to cut in order to free up enough space uh, to be in league compliance. Let's talk about now salary restructuring because uh, I see this brought up a lot, and I, I don't think a lot of fans fully understand um, what this process entails. But this is the gist of it: in any given year, a player has a salary, and they've got potential bonuses. The salary of a player counts entirely in that cap year. So if you've got a player who's getting a $15 million salary, their minimum cap hit will be $15 million. So what you pay them during the season. Um, The bonuses, however, bonuses can be spread across the length of a contract up to five years. So when you give a player, for instance, a $10 million bonus on a five-year contract, you can spread that cap hit out over all five years to where instead of a $10 million cap hit in that one year, it can now be a $2 million cap hit in each of the five years of the contract. The disadvantage to this is when you cut a player or trade a player, that uh, the remainder of that bonus becomes uh, has to hit the salary cap uh, in that one year, unless you do a post June 1st cut. So let's say in that same situation, you have paid this player that 10 million bonus. Uh, you cut him in year three. You have at this point, the $2 million from that year, the $2 million from year four and the $2 million from year five, which means $6 million of that bonus that was prorated is now on your cap for that year. If you do a post June 1st cut, it would be $3 million this year, $3 million in the next. Um, this is the advantage to using bonuses is you can uh, give the player a ton of cash up front, which is what they want, and yet keep the cap hit minimized across the rest of the contract. Now, you have to be very wise about how you use this. Salary restructuring allows a team to take that salary in a given year and convert it into a one-time bonus. So let's say that the player has uh, four years left on his contract, and the team decides to convert uh, $8 million of his salary into uh, a one-time bonus. So that $8 million gets turned into a bonus. Now to the player, they're still getting the same amount of money. They're still getting the same amount of money in that year they're getting the $8 million in cash. Instead of it being uh, designated as salary, it's being designated as bonus. So the player honestly does not care. It has zero impact on the financial impact to them. This is purely an accounting move. But that $8 million, instead of all of that $8 million counting in that one year against the salary cap, it now gets distributed across the remaining four years of that player's contract. 
So you have now saved $6 million off the salary cap simply by making an accounting change. However, in the same way that spreading that uh, cap hit for that bonus across, uh, you know, up front is putting more of the cap hit on future years, you're doing the same thing here. So that $8 million that you allowed you to save $6 million this year is now increasing his salary cap hit $2 million every subsequent year. So you may save $6 million now, now, but you're increasing the salary cap hit $2 million for the next three years. And again, if you cut this player, you have to account for that bonus as well. And this is what makes it hard. It is, if you keep restructuring a player's salary year over year over year, um, it makes them affordable in that one year, but it pushes the cap hit into future years, and it makes it even more difficult to cut that player if they underperform in year three or year four. And sometimes it forces you to stick with that player maybe longer than you would like. Uh, the Saints have done this repeatedly with Drew Brees and is why he's going to have a huge cap impact when he finally does retire. It's because they kept pushing the cap hit, pushing the cap hit, pushing the cap hit, and now it's going to all come due at once. And honestly, it, as a technique, if you're going all in on a season and you're planning on sort of resetting your roster, it can make a ton of sense. It can make sense to sort of push that cap hit cap hit off when you know you're going to lose that guy when the quarterback is going to be too old, when you're going to be essentially into rebuilding mode on your offense. So it's not necessarily a dangerous move. You just have to be aware of the impact that it can have on your roster because in subsequent years, you're going to tie up a ton of cap space and the potential for a lot of dead money into these players. So using restructuring, you want to be sure that you use it on players that you believe you're going to keep around for at least several more years. Let's talk about the Falcons and guys who we think are going to be uh, prime candidates for salary restructuring in, restructuring in 2021. The first name on the list, which I think is a no-brainer, they're going to commit to this guy because he's one of the best players on the team, defensive tackle Grady Jarrett. He has a $13.5 million salary, in 2021, if they convert the max amount that they can of that to a bonus, they're going to save roughly $8 million on the 2021 cap. Um, so you don't have to convert the entire portion of the salary. Uh, you can convert just a smaller portion so that you don't, again, push a ton of the cap hit down the road. Uh, but for Grady, the max amount that they can save through salary restructuring is going to be about $8 million. This next name may generate a little bit of controversy with Falcons fans because some of you don't think he is worth the money. Some of you think he needs to be replaced. Um, I am in the opposite camp. I actually think he is completely fine at his position uh, and he's doing a fine job. I think he'll actually be even better under Arthur Smith. That is left tackle Jake Matthews. He has a $13 million salary for 2021, very similar to Grady Jarrett. And likewise, the Falcons can save roughly $8 million of cap space by converting his salary to a bonus. So again, if you're looking at these two guys, I have no problem with the team saying, yeah, we're, we're committed to keeping Grady Jarrett around for a longer period of time. The same for Jake Matthews. He may not be a Pro Bowl uh, left tackle, but he is a guy that has done a good job out there. I think he's going to be better under a new offensive scheme. He's still relatively young. In a league where you see left tackles playing into the late 30s, committing to Jake Matthews for another few years, 
uh, is not the most egregious mistake that the front office could make. So again, between just Jarrett and Matthews, the team could free up almost $16 million of cap space alone just in restructuring their salaries. So that's pretty significant. Finally, uh, Deion Jones, $8.2 million salary on the books. They can save roughly $5 million in cap space through restructuring. His is a little bit, you know, depends on what you think about Deion Jones. I tend to think that he is still a quality player. He did not have a great 2020 season. Um, I, I do think he'll ha- he'll be better under a new coordinator, under a team that's uh, you know got some new new voices in the locker room. Um, but again, they can save roughly five million by converting his salary. They may not choose to do it if they want to see him perform well before considering his long term future with the Falcons. I think they should convert it and commit to keeping him. Worst case, you move him to outside linebacker uh, instead of keeping him in the middle. I still think he is a, a great obviously still one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. The two names who are going to be incredibly interesting to watch what they do with their contracts, Matt Ryan with his $23 million salary in 2021, they could save up to $14 million in cap space by converting his salary. That said, if you do that, it's going to make it incredibly difficult to move on from Matt Ryan as, as soon as 2022, it, you would basically be committing to keeping Matt Ryan on the team potentially through the remainder of his contract, which is done at the end of 2023. So it depends on what they want to do at quarterback. This move will become less likely if you start hearing the Falcons are linked to guys like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Uh, this one is the one to watch. You know, the Falcons could save a ton of cap space by restru- restructuring his salary. But it also means concurrently they're committing to Matt Ryan for the next several years. Will they do it? Big, big wild card here. The next name who I think is also going to be in that same boat, wide receiver Julio Jones. He's got a $15.3 million salary in 2021. Converting his could save roughly $10 million on the salary cap. After a season where he missed the most games since since his 2013 season, is the team convinced that he can be uh, a top tier receiver for the next couple years? If not, you know they may just ride him out this year and and find other ways to try to save some cap space. So right now, if you're asking me between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, which one do I think they'll restructure? I think Ryan's restructuring is more likely simply because Jones does have the health issues from this season that they're probably keeping an eye on with that hamstring. They want to make sure that if he's going to be here for the long term, that he can play well, play the high level, and, and be worth that $15-plus a year that he's going to be allocated to the salary cap. So big question marks with those two guys, obviously new coaching staff, new front office. They're going to make uh, these decisions, and uh, honestly, it's a toss-up with these two guys. So... Looking at all these potential moves, the cuts we talked about, uh, some of the guys that you know they can put onto the exclusive rights, uh, free agent uh, contracts, where will this leave the Falcons if they execute on these moves? Let's assume that they do not restructure Ryan and Julio, just to be safe. Um, if the salary cap stays at $178 million, like over the cap thinks it will, um, or that pro- they're projecting... Um, the Falcons would have about $18 million in cap space with roughly 30 players under contract. Now, that's still not good because you need money for your rookie class 
and you still have 23 more players to get onto the roster, which means uh, at least in year one for Arthur Smith, you can have a roster that has uh, a bunch of guys getting paid, you know, near league minimum, a bunch of free agents on your roster. Uh, so you're going to have a top heavy roster with your starters allocated all the money. And honestly, that may be what they're forced to do for one year until they can start moving some of these heavier contracts off the books and saving some cap space. Uh, so that is one distinct possibility. However, if the cap is kept flat at 198 million, obviously that 18 million becomes 38 million with 30 uh, under contract. That is a far easier situation to navigate for the Falcons, and it doesn't require restructuring Matt Ryan and Julio Jones to get there. If it stays on 178, I think the Falcons will be forced to re, uh, restructure Matt Ryan or Julio Jones in order to be active in free agency, in order to be able to sign their draft class. Um, so that that salary cap is going to be a big deal and where it ends up landing. If it's 178, Fal- Falcons are going to be forced to make a lot of moves. If it stays flat at 198, the Falcons can make some very simple cuts and adjustments and still be able to sign a free agent or two. So with that said, the Falcons cap situation uh, right now, it's it's been described as terrible. The reality is they have a lot of methods to get out from under it. Uh, in the next few years, as you know, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, as those contracts come off the books, um, as some of the bad contracts that have been signed by Dimitrov, such as either the Dante Fowler contract, as those come off the books, the Falcons cap situation will improve. Um, and honestly, it's not, you compare it to some other teams in the league, they, they do have talent for some of these guys that are getting paid. You know, Matt Ryan, I think, is going to be much, much better under Arthur Smith. Uh, guys like Grady Jarrett are worth every penny that they're getting paid. So this is not a situation where they're paying a bunch of money to guys who aren't playing. They're, they're paying a bunch of money to guys who uh, have gone to Pro Bowls, guys who have made all pro. And right now, that is a better situation to be in compared to some of the other teams that are literally underwater for guys who won't even be playing in 2021, all of the Saints. So if you have any questions about the salary cap, where this is going to play out for the Falcons, additional moves they can make, feel free to come on the Twitter, message me at FalcoholicDW. Uh, of course, I am there daily responding to you guys, talking about the Falcons, what's going on this offseason. Updates on this podcast are available at Falcoholic Pod, And of course, you can check our site daily, thefalcoholic.com, where we will be analyzing the Falcons' draft needs, uh, free agency, and so on and so forth as the offseason gets underway for Atlanta. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll talk with you next time.